Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. If you are like so many other new Etsy shop owners or business owners, period, you probably experience some fears around the launch or growth of your small business. I hear again and again from my coaching clients about their fear of being judged by family members or friends, criticized by a customer, or worst of all, never selling a single thing from their Etsy shop. I have been there too, dear listener. In fact, before I ever started my Etsy shop, I actually launched my sign shop through my own website for a few months. It was the reality of the crickets chirping loudly and the sales being negligible (laughs) that drove me to eventually explore Etsy as a possibility for making real money, for actually making sales. I did have decent products. I had gotten good feedback. I sold a few to some friends and then to some friends of friends. But back then, I had no idea how to get my products from my personal website in front of the right customers. And unfortunately, the truth is, just because you build it doesn't mean they'll come. (laughs) I was not making regular sales, and I was terrified. I was terrified, you guys, that the whole thing would just be a big flop. My greeting to Etsy for me was literally birthed out of fear of failure. I am no stranger to fear. Once I did get started on Etsy and began to make some sales, a whole new batch of fears set in. I would lovingly paint my signs. I would thoughtfully wrap them, (laughs) carefully box them, and then literally say a little prayer that they wouldn't break on the way and that the customer wouldn't hate it. (laughs) Whenever, oh, this is good. Okay, so whenever I saw the, you got a new review notification on my phone, I, I, do you ever do this? I, did, I, would, I would like suck in a little air and hold my breath as I waited for my fate to load. Let's be honest, I still do this a baby bit. <laughs> There's that moment as that notification is loading where I'm wondering, what did they say? And that's ridiculous because now they're they're almost always awesome. It's usually like, a, oh, I have a warm, fuzzy feeling, but there's this fear that just shoots through me. And it might all sound a little embellished, although not extremely. It might sound dramatic. But here's the thing. Putting your work and your creativity and your heart on the line can feel like a very big, scary deal. And today, I want to focus on meeting you in that place. So let's talk about it. There are seven common fears that new Etsy sellers often mention. So let's go through them one by one and talk about how we can overcome them. Number one, what if I never make any sales? This is the biggie, isn't it? Like the one we all are most likely to grapple with. 
well, let's go big or go home, right? Like, this is exactly where I think we should start. So, seriously, what if you never make any sales on Etsy? I really empathize with this because it was very much my reality when I was trying to sell from my own site, like first with net, without any previous experience. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It never 100% goes away. Like even experienced business owners with years and years of success still have this question creep into our thoughts sometimes. Like seriously, you don't just one day arrive and never have any fear anymore. When I come back from a long vacation, because sometimes I take months off, um, I've gotten very flexible in my shop now. I, I sit there for a bit and I wonder if the trends or the algorithm changed too much for me to re-enter, like where I left. When I launch a new product, I sit with anticipation, sometimes for several weeks, like wondering if it's going to sell. And spoiler alert, sometimes it doesn't sell. But the difference between the new or prospective Etsy seller and that of an experienced business owner is often one key mindset. It's this belief to their core that everything is figure-outable, right? This, if you've been here, you've heard this. This is my mantra, my business mantra, and the uh, book title and concept of an extremely successful businesswoman who I have learned a ton from. Her name is Marie Forleo. So that book, Everything is Figureoutable, linked in the show notes. If you haven't gotten it, grab it. If you like audiobooks, this will be your favorite of all time. She's She's great. She's got a great, uh, like, Jersey, New York accent, and she is a hoot and a half. Grab it. The key is deciding that you aren't going to quit. Even if you don't sell anything right away, even if it takes a while to figure it out, even if you have to pivot and change processes, prices, design, or maybe even your product altogether. Yes, I have done this. The true entrepreneur is not put off by this process, thinking it's too hard or I can't recover from this. This is where you have to grow to, my friend, where it's not catastrophic to have to not have those immediate sales. Um, you know, you can be patient and you can have a kind of a curious mindset and figure it out with some time, research and effort. Like Thomas Edison and his thousands of non-working light bulbs, the experienced business owner will chalk it up to experience. I now know 999 ways to not conduct electricity. <laughs> You're just going to keep testing tweaking, learning, and trying. Fear number two, what if a customer gets angry or even leaves a bad review? I know this is like another one of our worst fears, isn't it? Like, and odds are at some point it will actually happen. I have experienced both more than once. This is actually uh, heads up the subject of a podcast I'm getting ready to record for you guys all about how to deal with angry customers. So once it is live, I will link it for you in the show notes below and it will handle more of the like what you should do when this happens aspect, more of the practical. But for right now, let's focus on the fear piece since that's like kind of our goal today. So I was one of those kids like when I was young, I struggled with a lot of fear around what ifs. What if the house catches on fire? What if a burglar breaks in? What if I get sick at school? And these kinds of thoughts like repetitively plagued me to the point where I would develop, <laughs> did you do this? I would develop detailed contingency plans in my head with the exact steps I would take if one of these awful things happened. And then I, I found that once I had a plan or the framework of a plan, I could kind of relax. You know, this would often happen at night, so I could finally maybe go to sleep. And so while spinning our wheels about things that might but probably won't happen is actually a waste of time and energy, a contingency plan for things that absolutely will happen 
such as bad reviews and angry customers. This can help our brains relax and get back to the things that we need and want to do with our day. Also, this is a good side note. If you want to expand your creativity, if you struggle with creativity, you have to lower your inner stress and create space for ideas to cultivate and flow. These things are are connected. But here are some ways to plan for hard feedback from a customer and in some ways also prevent it. You can prevent a lot of it. So number one here, little sub note one, make sure your product is something you're really proud of from get the get go. And if it isn't, get it there before you list it for sale. That way, if you come up against criticism, you can deal with it with like from a customer service perspective rather than emotionally. Um, it's not to say you're going to go guns a blazing telling them they're wrong. It's just that you don't have to be actually doubting yourself in that moment and feel emotional. You can just respond to the customer and because it's their problem, not yours, and you can help them get through it. Second thing, a lot of problems and complaints can be prevented by having really thorough photos and item descriptions. So when you're setting up your listing, make sure it's complete. Answer as many potential questions as you can proactively, and it will reduce the rate of a disappointed customer. Another thing I do, number three, I inspect each product before it ships. I, I like to look at each piece, like just I look it over just before I wrap it up and I'll touch up anything that's imperfect. I always, <laughs> I don't know if you do this. I always think to myself, like, is this piece a high enough quality that I would feel proud to give it to my pastor or my husband's boss or some business leader that I really respect. I, I kind of go through that in my mind. Um, okay, four. So when hard feedback comes, here, this is this is good. Don't respond right away. Like, don't leave it too long. You know, Etsy's actually watching that you respond uh, within 24 hours so you don't get a, so you can work towards a star seller, star seller um, distinction. But you don't need to respond like that second when your adrenaline's pumping and you're you're trying to think through if it's true or not and you're feeling defensive. You know, if you do need to respond right away, use a template that you craft ahead of time. Um, the point is, let your emotions settle so you can respond professionally rather than emotionally. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Five, when you do respond, respond with empathy. Put yourself in your customer's shoes. I know you may not feel like it, but this is how you can grow a hugely successful business. When customers feel cared for, taken care of, and connected with you, like instead of feeling like you're in it for yourself and it's all about you, but you're really caring about them, that's when they leave great reviews. They come back again. They tell their friends. So just one more plug before we move forward. I'm going to... um talk about exactly how to respond, like including the words I suggest you use in a ton more detail on that podcast coming up, the how to deal with angry customers. So watch for that. It's going to be a goldmine. Six, one review isn't going to make or break you. This should help like bring down the fear and the anxiety a little bit. You're going to get more good reviews than bad. There's always going to be a bad apple in the bunch. And one negative review cannot determine your future success. So you can keep going and you got this. So moving on to fear number three, that's that's common. And it's this, it's I don't have enough time. And that is completely fair. And depending on your actual goals and life, this could be a roadblock for you, like legit. If you're a person that already has a jam-packed schedule, you need to consider an Etsy shop very carefully. It's going to require consistent time to build. On the other hand, if working in an Etsy shop could maybe, A, give you a creative outlet that reduces stress in your life, or B, helps you helps build towards you know a new goal and that's going to help your life be better down the road, then it's probably worth the effort of finding the time to build towards. We all have the time. The question is, where do we, where do we take it from? What do we choose? What choices are we making? 
Well, most people are starting very part-time and that gives you a lot of control. So I think this is going to help most of you out. One way that you can manage this is to make your product in advance and just sell out of inventory. So that way, once it's gone, it's sold out, it's gone. And you're not on a timeline trying to serve a waiting customer with a pending order. Then you can just make more as your schedule allows and list it once you have it in stock. Another way to manage a really busy schedule is you can use the vacation mode feature. So for those who may be unfamiliar, Etsy has a feature in your shop settings where you can put your shop on vacation mode. And this keeps your shop like active, but it makes it so people can't order. They can still kind of see things. It shows that you're still in business. It's just that you're taking a break. It's literally the best. So a lot of people ask if using uh, vacation mode hurts your shop. I personally use it often and I think it's worth it, but you can learn a lot more about what to expect from episode three of my podcast. It's called, will using vacation mode hurt my shop? So if this is a concern for you and you're wondering how does it affect the algorithm? Like what happens when you come back? Does it throw off your whole shop? Go check out that episode. I go into a lot more detail than I can here today and I'll link that down in the show notes for you. The key to building towards your Etsy goals is to work consistently. So that's the word I really want hardwired in your head. That that might just be one to two hours a week. You know, that can work. You just need to make sure it's one to two hours every week and not four hours one week, one hour the next week, two weeks off, and then like a six week, six hour crunch week to catch up. Like that might work for, for in, um, that might work a bit in the beginning, but it's not going to help you build long-term, a long-term, long-term asset for you. This might work in the beginning for a bit, but it's not going to build a long-term asset for you. Most people will overestimate what they can accomplish with their shop in like three, six, nine months, but they'll totally underestimate what they can do in two to three years with a little bit of consistency. So, you know, entrepreneurship is a long game, like more than being able to dump tons of hours into your business up front, like assuming you're starting part-time, it's a consistent effort over the course of months and years that's going to get you to your destination. So think of like a fitness goal or a financial goal. Most of the time you can't get there in just a few weeks. It's going to be those small decisions made consistently over time that will win. Fear number four, I'm not creative enough. Me neither. (laughs) Like, really, seriously, though, like if there was ever a subject where I have regular imposter syndrome, it's this one right here. You don't actually have to be that creative to be successful on Etsy. (laughs) You just need to pay attention to the trends, really. So, in fact, this is this surprises people. But sometimes being super creative and coming up with something no one is shopping for can be super demotivating. Um, Etsy is a search engine marketplace. So unless you're already famous and have a bunch of people who want to buy anything you create, it's actually best to stick with what's already trending and put your own creative spin on it. So it's like it's a lot less creativity than you think. And then and then um, after that, actually making your product, producing your product is less creative and more about practicing the same skill over and over and over again. Like think about my sign shop. Okay. After making over 3000 signs, I'm really not being creative anymore. Like it's a bit more like an assembly line. (laughs) I feel like I'm in a factory some days and truth be told, you'll feel really similarly after just making 10 to 20 of a particular product, you're going to get the hang of it. Like for that matter, Making a handmade product, can you, you can use tools, printers, decals, digital products. Like you don't have to be able to freehand paint a realistic penguin <laughs> or hand sew organic dresses to do this. So just try a few things. Like you'll be surprised at how quickly you're going to develop a process. You're going to seamlessly be able to recreate the same product over and over again. And you just have to roll up your sleeves and start, really. So if you're a person like me 
who um, needs to work on managing your time, like we've been talking about not having enough time or, or I don't think I have enough time for this. There's this awesome book I just listened to um, by Carrie Newhoff. It's called At Your Best. Again, I did the audiobook. It was great. Wow. Packed with solid stuff. And I will link that below in the show notes in case you want to dig into that and figure out how you can manage your time better and be able to fit something like this into it. So um, fear number five. Okay. This is a big one. So what if my family or friends judge me or laugh at me? And I I have to be honest, I hear this one a lot more than I expected to. It seems like more people face this kind of fear, like in reality, as they start to build their own business than don't, which is so sad. So if this has been your experience, like first of all, I am so sorry. Like honestly, it's hard enough taking a risk, like starting a business or sharing your artwork. But when the people that you need to be in your corner aren't supportive, it can feel devastating. I'm so sorry that you are facing that added stress. You know what though? I think you should do it anyway. I once heard this quote and I still think about it all the time. It goes like this. Someone else's opinion about me is none of my business. Seriously. I mean, I... Your girl Lizzie here is the last person to advocate for disconnection and otherwise healthy, significant relationships. I definitely think that you and a spouse need to reach some sort of understanding before you spend your family's time and money on a business project. But especially with people who don't live with you or never support you and are not providing any kind of helpful, constructive feedback, their opinion is none of your business. It is their brain space, their problem, and your best revenge is to prove them wrong. (laughs) So my rule of thumb is this. You ready? (laughs) I only take advice from someone who has what I want. If you have a great, healthy marriage, I'm 100% interested in your thoughts on marriage. If your kids are connected to you, thriving and behave respectively, share all the parenting dish you want. Like, I'm here for it. Your business is killing the game. What do you want in your coffee? Because I'm buying us some and I want your advice. But if someone is trying to judge me or give me advice in an area of life that they haven't mastered, let's be honest, it's often a freaking train wreck. That I'm sorry, I, I love you. I see value in you. I'm not rejecting you as a person, but I'm going to stay in my lane and you are not going to affect my decisions or drain my energy. In fact, I am so sorry, but I have somewhere else I need to be in about 15 minutes. So I need to head out. Big hug. Bye. Like, No. If you know in advance that someone's going to be a downer about your goals, who's to say they even need to know about them? I think do your thing. And, you know, your success can come out before they even have a chance to deflate you. Then you can tell them about it when you're coming from victory. So again, with the exception of marriage, which I think needs to be held precious, my husband and I did an episode a while back um, where we talked about, we talked through actually how we run our shop together and still like each other. Episode six, which is also linked down below as, as you know, as always. But you really need to get your marriage healthy first, even if you're not going to work together. But first and foremost, get that marriage healthy. And we share a lot about how we did that. So everything else will flow out of the health of your marriage and family, and home, including creativity, business success, all of that. So, you know, with these fears of being judged, sometimes it comes down to, like, like it's a question of what is more scary? Facing this fear, maybe getting some judgment, 
or living the rest of my life and never going for it because someone might judge me. If you really struggle to overcome this, which is fair, I did for many years and past it now, but if you struggle with this to the point where you feel kind of like frozen, I still want to tell you that your work and your ideas and your purpose need to be shared with the world. Like I'd encourage you to work through this, do some journaling, do some personal growth reading. Um, there's another great book and uh, and she has a podcast, but there's another great book that really could be like the the the, the resource of this podcast is called Fear is Not the Boss of You by Jennifer Allwood. Also linked down in the show notes. This is going to be a long show notes today, guys. <laughs> um, you know, read her book or maybe, you know what, maybe you should go get a great counselor that'll help talk you through this. Like, don't just don't stay stuck in the fear cycle. Like it's your work is too important. This podcast is brought to you by Restoring Relationships. So Restoring Relationships is a ministry that helps people find healing in their most precious relationships. As we grow up, we have all kinds of traumas, heartbreaks, and identity-forming moments that take place, and they affect who we become and how we cope with life. Now, one of the biggest mistakes adults make when they're trying to work through relational issues is they only focus on the problems today. But psychologists have known for years that we can't completely resolve our current problems without first addressing the roots of them back early on when the first childhood wound took place. You know, that's right. And since Lizzie and I worked together in various businesses, in addition to being married to each other, we needed to work through our baggage that we brought to our relationship from the past before we could have a healthy marriage, let alone be able to have an effective working relationship together. So true. In fact, early on in our marriage, we hit such a painful season that we were sure we were headed for divorce. It very much felt hopeless and impossible to recover from. But then we were guided to restoring relationships and also the founder, Dominic Herbst, who's a Christian psychologist. And this program played an enormous role in helping our marriage to heal and ultimately become the most amazing, healthy and connected relationship. So true, Lizzie. It's an excellent program. The primary tools of video series and PDF journal that can be accessed online in the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can go through the lessons at your own pace, and I recommend faster is better. And if you need any additional professional help, Dominic and his team are always there and available for hired sessions as well. We recommend it with all of our hearts. We've seen countless friends, colleagues, even strangers who read my blog experience real breakthrough in their most precious relationships. If you know you could use some help in dealing with past hurts or you have a relationship that's in a lot of turmoil today, you should check this out. You can see more about our personal story and get access to the Restoring Relationships online journey at myrrjourney.com. That's my R as in Romeo, R as in Romeo, journey.com. And it's also linked in the show notes. You know, we hope that you will experience as much life-changing breakthrough and healing as we have. Absolutely. You deserve it. Okay. Fear number six. I like this one too. Um, Sharing my art feels way too personal. The fear is that sharing my art feels way too personal. As an etchy coach or in a business consultant, I personally haven't heard this one too much yet. But I did find an article published by Etsy a few years ago, and this was listed as a common fear. And that one's also linked below if you wanted to take a look at what they talk about. They, um, if you want to dive deeper into common fears, and they talk about some different ones than we are to, we are here today. So, you know, I think I think where this stems, like a lot of a lot of times, the artist in us is connected to the the child in us. So naturally, 
it would be more sensitive and tender and raw. And ultimately, I think the way that this fear will manifest can vary from person to person. Like, first of all, if you're new to selling your handmade creations, pick something lower stakes to start with. Like, don't go for your most big, biggest passion project. It's better to ease into selling pieces that are intensely personal. Find a way to take your artistic skills and create something to sell that feels safer. It's just easier that way. It's faster that way. So for some, this fear might feel like it's hard to part with their creations, you know, to actually be like sending them away, in which case I think it helps to keep a few of your most special pieces just for you. Like they're off the table to sell. And then also if you can, if you are able to create multiple copies of, you know, of important pieces, it does take the intensity down. I know that can like, you know, affect the rarity factor, but for you, when you know you can duplicate something, parting ways is easier mentally and it's going to feel lower stakes. Um, Another person might feel like, like it might be more like if their piece was criticized, it would be extremely painful. Like it might make it hard for them to keep creating or damage a part of their identity. And I get it. You, you, if that's the case, you definitely may want to weigh this out and decide if you're ready for this step of putting your work out there. I personally, I hope you will, because our souls and our art were designed to be shared and expressed. If you keep all that light to yourself, the world will remain incomplete. We need you. And we need your work. So I hope you're going to decide it's worth the risk. And here's the good news about Etsy, okay? Like more than likely, if someone sees your product in the feed and doesn't love it, they're going to keep on scrolling. Like it, it's, they're not going to throw shade at you like they might on TikTok or Instagram. It's a different vibe. You're, you're going to ditch, you're going to not ditch, you're going to skip a lot of criticism. And fear number seven, what if someone steals my work? And the truth is this does happen. And it helps to have a plan in place in the event that it happens to you. I will add, though, that um, it also happens when you sell stuff from your own website, too. You know, Etsy does put your work in front of more eyeballs, which has pros and cons, right? If we want to sell more, it's great to be in front of more people. But the minute the world gets excited about buying something you created, other people are going to want are going to be waiting to try and steal it. It's just an unfortunate part of the game. Um the point is, don't let the Etsy platform itself in particular deter you. Like This happens everywhere, and it, it might actually help to have the Etsy corporate team in your corner um, if, you know, if you're trying to protect and defend your work. So Etsy published a great article with steps to take when you think you've been copied, and I'll put that in the show notes for you to reference it if you need it. And I'm not attorney, an attorney, so this is not legal advice, but just to get you started, here are some things you can do. And, and just to maybe calm this fear a little bit, like, okay, there's, there's things I can do if that were to happen. You know, I would first start by sending that person a DM or an email and just start nicely asking them to take it down. Say, Hey, this is my work. I created it back here. I'm asking you to please take it down. Um, ask, you're asking them to deactivate those infringing listings. If there's no response, you can actually, you can report the, um, the shop or the listing to Etsy, or you can, you can work with an attorney and send them a cease and desist letter. And just as a heads up, this is something you kind of need to know. When your work isn't formally copyrighted, it can be really hard to prove copyright infringement, right? So if something is super precious, unique, or needs extra protection, you may want to take those legal, legal steps first before you start selling them on Etsy. It's, it's, it's easier to defend it later if you, if you already have it in place. So from my perspective, I'll just share my experience. Like I personally don't, don't worry about copyright issues for my Etsy shop. Um, it hasn't been a problem for me so far. I really strive also, like just me as a person, I strive to keep an abundance mentality. Like I avoid scarcity like the plague. Like to me, there's always enough room at the table. So 
take it or leave it. But to me, my attitude is that that God or the universe, if you prefer it, is going to work out the details and knows the truth. Ideally in business, and it's been true for me, you pivot, you change up your, your stuff often enough that even if someone copies you, they can't really keep up. So you just keep moving through your own flow of genius, take actions when you need to, and otherwise stay in your own lane. Like excellence is going to win out in the end. I really believe that. Well, what do you think? We covered a lot today and I hope it was super helpful to you. I always love to hear from you guys, you know, email or DM over on Instagram. I'm at how to sell your stuff. So if there's, um, if there are other fears that you face in business, I'd love to hear about it. If there's other resources that you need as you start tackling your Etsy shop, I would love to know, and I will do what I can to create them for you. And bottom line, like summary of this whole discussion of fear. I really hope you take the plunge. I am rooting for you. We need your particular genius out here in this crazy world. I'll talk to you next week, okay? And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.